0: and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you.
1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited today because we are talking about a subject that I know nothing about. I love this. I love it when I get to talk with people about a new subject. And we're really going to be talking about a subject that is for businesses that are growing. So this is going to be a very important program today. So please join me in welcoming Harry Drapush to our program today. Welcome, Harry. How are you doing?
2: Uh, Great, Deb. Thank you. Uh, Good morning and thanks for having me
1: great well let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this so harry Draypush is the ceo of amware fulfillment a com- company that provides outsourced order fulfillment services to b2c and omnichannel brands amware operates 15 warehouse fulfillment centers across america his career spans 30 plus years in logistics and he's an expert in all the operational aspects of fulfillment which is storing picking, packing, and shipping online orders. Basically, everything that happens after the click. He is a Brooklyn, New York native and an instrument trained pilot and flies his own airplane. I'm guessing between all these warehouses. So again, Harry, welcome to our program.
2: Uh, Thanks uh, again, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it, uh, pretty exciting.
1: Great, great. Well, I always like to ask my guests how they got to where they are today, because I think it's very interesting to know someone's story. So tell us a little bit how you got into this business.
2: Um, Graduated college 1980 and went to work uh, in a job I didn't want to have, which was sales. Uh, So I was selling business forms uh, for a company called Mm Burroughs. Uh, and I was driving through uh, the neighborhood and I happened to look at a see a local uh, trucking terminal and I know they use a lot of forms right delivery receipts things like that right so I stopped in and made a sales call and the the fella inside told me the terminal manager uh we don't buy forms from here they're bought out of Virginia but are you interested in a career in trucking and uh I didn't you know said, very ah. much
0: mm-hmm.
2: I didn't know very much about trucking and uh, you know I said you know what can you tell me about trucking and he says well we'll give you a company car an expense account and uh, it's a lot of missionary sales so you get to take customers to lunch and dinner and whatnot and I thought okay and that sounds that, pretty good mm-hmm. that sounded that started my career in logistics I spent 10 years in in uh in uh, in the trucking side of it 1980 was the time it got deregulated
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh so it was kind of interesting times for for companies as they struggled to figure mm-hmm. life out in a deregulated environment mm-hmm. 10 years there, and then I got recruited to uh, to a warehousing job, and that mm. started my warehousing career mm. in 1990. Uh, and from there, it was various positions until I landed with uh, Amware uh, Fulfillment, mm. Amware Logistics, uh, in 2015, uh, and worked, uh, worked there for a couple years, became mm. CEO, and uh, here we are today.
1: I love it. Well, I think the first question I have is, explain what a fulfillment center does, because I think so many people don't quite understand exactly what that that means.
2: So a third-party fulfillment center is is a warehouse that has multiple customers in it. Could Mm -hmm. be anything from shipping food, cosmetics, Mm -hmm. health and beauty. Uh, and what we do is we're the back end for companies that market the product. So mm-hmm. the orders will come in through a shopping cart or through the mm-hmm. company's website. They will transition those orders to me. Mm-hmm. We'll take those orders. We will pick them, pack them uh, as efficiently as possible and get them on their way to the end user. That's what a fulfillment company does. Mm-hmm.
1: So pretty easy and pretty basic. And and we were talking before the program. There is somebody that everybody's familiar with that does this. And that's that little company called Amazon. Um, and I think so many people don't understand that most products that come out of Amazon and are branded Amazon are not theirs. They are the fulfillment center for third-party companies. Um, you know, and and they just happen to be, if not the biggest in the world, one of the biggest.
2: Uh, they are the biggest in the world. They're clearly a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you when you have that size, uh, you 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 almost have to have a one size fits all. Right. Uh, for their customers, mm-hmm. right? You you can't customize things. Mm-hmm. They've got to do things rapidly right. mm-hmm. uh, for thousands of customers. and so they will pretty much tell you mm-hmm. how they want your product. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you where they'll put it. They'll tell you the hours they'll ship it, how they'll mm-hmm. store it. Uh, so pretty much if you' uh, if you can live in that environment, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it does a good job for what right. it does. We We do not compete with
1: Amazon. What right. we do,
2: uh, and you and guys
1: we, customize
2: we we customize very very much so uh we, we are the uh I, I, dare i say it the burger king of uh, of fulfillment have it your way mm-hmm. uh we don't write the rules we try to understand you know okay. what your end goal is as a business mm-hmm. what are you trying to accomplish how do you want to accomplish that mm-hmm. uh and then we'll uh, you know we'll be your back room we will do everything that you would do um from a customization perspective we uh, we'll build kits uh we'll add things to it we'll add mm-hmm. personalization to it we'll mm-hmm. pack it in a way that you would like it packed
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh so pretty much anything that you can conjure up and that you would do yourself mm-hmm. uh we would do for you
1: right you know and a lot of companies obviously when you're starting out unless you buy an existing company if you have a product that you are selling you know, many times we're shipping it ourselves, right? You know, we've got it in our garage to start with. We've got it in the basement. Then we might get big enough to move to a storage facility, you know, and and have a couple employees. Where kind of is the sweet spot where somebody goes, I can't do this myself anymore, and they, they need to totally outsource it?
2: Uh, the sweet spot... Uh for outsourcing would be when you could no longer handle what it is you need to handle Hmm. when you're starting to get which could be
1: small could be big
2: correct Mm -hmm. um we we um at a point in time we handled startups really small people that were Mm -hmm. just leaving the garage you know a couple of hundred shipments Mm -hmm. a day uh maybe Mm -hmm. um and we found that with a lot of those there's a lot of hand-holding that has to take Mm -hmm. place because many of these small entrepreneurs Aren't resourced very well, so we would we would help those entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. uh, generally find someone who specializes just in transitioning you Mm -hmm. from your garage, if you will, Mm -hmm. your back room into something a little bit more bigger and formal. Uh, We generally look for customers uh, that ship maybe a minimum of fifty thousand shipments a year, which really isn't a lot when you think about it, right? It's four thousand shipments, is a thousand shipments a week, it's two hundred a day. If I break Mm -hmm. it down. So that's where we really start to get involved with uh, with transition mm-hmm. uh, marketers uh, and those that are really looking to grow, that have a marketing plan and a vision mm-hmm. that say, hey, I, I see myself here, but in five years, you know, I see these 50,000 orders growing to a half a million.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. You know, and, and I was sharing before we started the program that I am getting ready to to jump into to doing a business where we have products that we will sell. But right now, it really is, you know, shoot, I'd be happy to ship one a week. I mean, you know, this is, it's that type of thing. But, you know, fingers, toes, eyes crossed, you never know. We might hit a much bigger mark. So walk me through this process, you know, what What that, you know, how, And and because more importantly, for people who are getting ready to take that leap, what questions should they be asking, you know, all of those various things?
2: Well, they we got should, an they, hour.
1: We got an hour. You, <laughs> they,
2: yeah, um, they, 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 they should hit my website as we walk them through that. But things things that they need to consider mm-hmm. um, is whether mm-hmm. they want to insource it or outsource it. And, okay. and I would tell you that most entrepreneurs are very, very good at marketing and selling.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that's what they do. And then the back end is almost kind of an afterthought.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So what they really need to be thinking about is. You know what's critical and what's important to them Mm -hmm. is speed to customer important if if that's the case you probably want to locate your product centrally in the united states where Mm -hmm. right you can ship from a central point Mm -hmm. uh and get it out to everybody in a couple Mm -hmm. days Um, if speed is not not critical but the product is fairly unique and you have a broad sku base uh, you know, then you're going to want to stay in one facility. It might not be that critical where exactly you locate that product, uh, as long as you're somewhat near a hub in a major city mm-hmm. that you get the pickup, and you're not stretching mm-hmm. out transit time uh, to ten days. But complexity—the the more complex, the more personal services you provide as part of that whole packaging—will mm-hmm. uh, will drive whether you want to whether you're ready to outsource or okay. not outsource. Um, you know in today's market the 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 advantage uh the benefit of outsourcing is you don't have to manage people everybody mm-hmm. is really struggling today mm-hmm. uh trying to find employees right and if you think about your your core mission is to really grow your company and market mm-hmm. do you really want to get involved in the in the back end of it and hiring people managing people mm-hmm. turnover everything that's excuse me everything that's associated mm-hmm. with
1: it right well, and as you mentioned, you know, you might be located in say Kansas City, but needing facilities in, in other places. Um, you know, and, and so then you're going to have to deal with the labor laws in those, those states. I mean, just that gets pretty complicated pretty fast.
2: So labor laws uh yes uh it's interesting um virtually every state has its own labor laws and mm-hmm. you've got to get up to speed on those labor laws mm-hmm. so the question is do you want to uh do you want to make it your uh your goal and mm-hmm. your your mission in selling to understand all these different labor laws mm-hmm. um yes that's that's a facet of uh, of outsourcing and just not only labor laws but if you wanted to manage your own brick and mortar in multiple cities. I mean, think about that. How do you hire, if you're in Kansas City and you Mm -hmm. wanna open up a facility uh, in Los Angeles, okay, how how do you go about doing that? Do you hire someone out there and then how do you manage the people at that point? How do you support that facility as it goes through turnover, growth pains, all the things that are associated uh, with running an operation remotely? And, And think about the infrastructure that you have to have. You know, third-party providers like uh, like Amware—that's what we specialize, right? We we're geared up. That we have a human resource department. Uh, we have a transition and integration team. We've got everybody to support all of my operations around the country. So, anytime there's any kind of a um, um, an issue uh, or an opportunity, uh, a big a big volume spike, a big sale goes on. Ah, uh, we literally can move people all around the country to handle that in very, very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So what companies like Amware does is it allows entrepreneurs to really focus on the business, really focus on why people, you know, hit that, hit the uh, you know, hit the click button, uh, hit the buy button, mm-hmm. uh, and then everything that happens after the click mm-hmm. will take care of from that point. So it's a great marriage. it's a, mm-hmm. it's a great um, resource for entrepreneurs. Who you know don't know how big a facility to you know I'm going to be in Los Angeles. So how big of a brick and mortar facility do I want to have right. out
1: there? And even 30- where <laughs> you could pick a location that say semis couldn't get to, um, you know, and and you know, or or rail. I mean, depending on what your product is, you might need some some major type of support.
2: Um, not just, uh, not just where, uh, it's not convenient for a pickup, mm-hmm. but where employees are, where are employee pools, where's that? Right. I mean, you wouldn't want to open up a, uh, a facility right next door to an Amazon facility right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. And compete with Amazon mm-hmm. for employees mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really want to be judicious about where you mm-hmm. place your building. Uh, you want to make sure it's a good environment. It's a safe environment,
1: mm-hmm. right. uh, safety. Yeah, it's because you, you probably thing. are going to be running 24 seven.
2: Uh, for some facilities, they run around the clock, that's mm-hmm. absolutely right. But you know, it was in um, when I was working, uh, and GE Supply was my customer in the early 90s. Uh, their attitude was if uh, if you look out the back of the building and you don't see razor wire you're in the wrong location. Oh. Yes, that was an interesting philosophy that they mm-hmm. had that they wanted to be in industrial areas.
1: Well, it is uh, less expensive. But-,
2: <laughs> but it comes it comes with a price. It right. comes with mm-hmm. and today listen, employees have lots of choices, mm-hmm. lots of concerns. Mm-hmm um so you know locating that facility in a good place for commuting carpooling all comes into uh, all comes into play mm-hmm. and those are things again if you think as an entrepreneur those are the decisions that you have to make and the right. research you have to do mm-hmm. someone out there has already done that for mm-hmm. you and you can tap into that
1: right you know and, and yeah i mean that's just just the thought of it is mind-boggling um you know especially if it isn't you know if it's local it's complicated enough, you know, then when you start thinking about, you know, facilities that are, are, you know, somewhere else. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it really does make sense to outsource.
2: You know, we, um, em- employees are, uh, our single biggest asset. Mm-hmm. It's our single biggest investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we make sure that we focus, uh, on that group, uh, from everything from training, uh, to rewards, uh to employee of the month um you know to making sure that benefits are right that benefits are competitive Mm -hmm. and everything we do revolves around our associates Mm -hmm. um i would tell you that it's a full-time job uh, but it's a full-time mission for the organization, right? There's two things that we we focus on. One is customers, obviously, first mm-hmm. and foremost. And then secondly, it's uh, it's our employee base. Mm-hmm. It's our associate base. Right. Want to make sure they're resourced properly, they're comfortable, mm-hmm. they like the environment mm-hmm. they work in, they feel like they make a difference, they come mm-hmm. to work. I mean, there's a lot of investment that you have to make that you don't necessarily think about. It goes way, mm-hmm. way, way beyond uh, just hourly wage. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot more than work, flexibility, work hours, um, families, um, you know, we have, uh, we, we have a very, very large, um, Hispanic base as part of our workforce. Mm -hmm. Uh, we encourage families to apply work together, come together. Um, sometimes, you know, years ago, people thought that might have drawbacks. Um, but really the, the upside is when you're trying to create a family atmosphere, Uh, As a workplace, Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing that says family like real family. Like
1: family. Mm -hmm.
2: Like, like, you know, and and we encourage associates to recommend people, Mm -hmm. refer them. Uh, We actually pay them referral uh, bonus for bringing other people in. We want to make sure that our associates feel not just a part of Amware, but that they, they they get very close to the customers that we serve, that they learn that business, that they really feel like they're an extension of our customers.
1: Right. Yeah, uh, because they well can be making world. suggestions. You know, hey, what if we did such and such different? You know, and you it's, want them uh, to feel like they can do that.
2: Well, uh, uh, very important to have an open door policy. Mm-hmm. Very important to make them feel part of it. And mm-hmm. yes, uh, suggesting on ways to uh, improve the process. Mm-hmm. It's It's probably one of the top three things my customers always ask me, How can i improve the process what is what can we do differently what can Mm -hmm. we do better to make it more efficient to Mm -hmm. make it faster uh so they play a very very critical role in doing that
1: right you know and obviously happy employees are are going to to provide better service for you you know say it's you know say you're shipping something that's very fragile happy employees are going to make sure it's packed carefully Employees that don't want to be there are going to chuck it in a box, <laughs> you know, and and so yeah, you want to you want to keep people happy. You
2: you uh, you, you want to you want to keep them happy. Um, you want to keep them resourced well. Mm-hmm. They are the last people to see and touch that product right. before your end customer mm-hmm. does. And the last thing that anybody wants, what keeps my customers up at night, mm-hmm. is social media.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh the yeah, reviews. the people who open the box and go, "This was broken." Beep, be, 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 Mm-hmm.
2: Not what I ordered. Didn't mm-hmm. come on time. Wasn't packed properly thrown in there. I paid a lot of money. Doesn't look like somebody cared. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, you know, making associates feel a very, very important part of that process, mm-hmm. uh, getting getting the type of employee who understands, hey, I this is the way I would like to receive mm-hmm. this product. Right. And I'm going to put that kind of mm-hmm. effort into it. And we use tools. Uh, we, we, we use tools uh, to help us uh, find the right associates, mm-hmm. um, make sure that this is the right work environment for mm-hmm. them. So we do we do use matching software. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's it's more to find people who would be happy in the environment. Who want to contribute? Who want to be part of that environment? So we make the investment in that. Right. It pays off. And to your point, mm-hmm. happy associates, uh, less turnover, mm-hmm. less training. I think the government the government uh, puts a price of about seventy five hundred dollars per employee turnover mm-hmm. per year. Right. Uh, if you've got a if you've got a if you've got a hundred employees, mm-hmm.
1: that's a lot uh, of money. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: If you've got a hundred employees, and you think twenty percent turnover is natural for this business that means 20 people times $7500. I mean you're looking at $150,000 a year just in the cost of turnover.
1: Right. And that's just if one employee leaves. I mean yeah, that's yeah. Well and you know we've all seen especially coming out of COVID the whole labor market is just very strange. Um you know I, I was in you know some fast food place and they were advertising that you know high high potential um, hourly rate. I'm thinking, you know, holy schmoly, you could work at McDonald's for $17 an hour. Not bad. Um, they paid every day, but more importantly, every day they weren't sure who was gonna show up. I think part of that is you pay every day. I'm like, you know, okay, you make them, Yeah, you know. <laughs> but But, you know, they were doing everything they could to get people in there. But so many places now really don't know from day to day Who's going to show up to work?
2: Um it's an interesting it's a, it's an interesting labor force. Mm-hmm. Uh COVID did change many many things. Uh some for the better, some not mm-hmm. for the better, right? We did pay people to stay home during COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did, you know, kids stayed home from school, so mm-hmm. one of the parents had to stay home from mm-hmm. school right. uh stay home to watch the kids, mm-hmm. which meant labor force uh shrunk down a mm-hmm. little bit. So you're competing now, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 the, the fulfillment took off during covid because mm-hmm. most of the stores were closed right. so people are buying online so all mm-hmm. of a sudden fulfillment's taking off you have a, a shrinking uh, labor pool mm-hmm. so yes companies fast food companies um th- those kind of places yes day to day they really mm-hmm. struggled uh, once we get them in the door again uh you start to treat people like family like this is an environment you want to nice. be in They'll want to come to work. Mm-hmm. And we we try to make it as much fun as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, every morning we do some calisthenics in the building. You know, we, we have stories, we get together, we kind mm-hmm. of do a little bit of a cheer. You know, again, it's not a salt mine. We want people mm-hmm. to come to work. Great. We want them to feel again mm-hmm. part of part part of the uh, part of the growth, part mm-hmm. of the excitement. Uh, you know, so we give employees opportunities. We generally do lunches with them weekly, we do roundtables monthly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we spend a lot of time with our associates, mostly listening.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, how do we get better? How do we make this a better place mm-hmm. to be? Um, but but COVID for sure did change mm-hmm. uh, did change the landscape. Right. Um, I, I'm a little bit older. Uh, you know, for me, I got to go into stores. I've got to touch. I want to
1: touch. Yeah. <laughs> right?
2: But COVID taught me I can't do that. So I had to jump online. I had to learn how to buy things online. I'll tell you what, I've gotten to the point right now where uh, if I don't have to drive to a store and deal I, with parking. I don't want to put
1: shoes on. That's my thing. I don't want to put shoes on.
2: <laughs> I mean, websites have gotten so good, so clear. Uh, you can read reviews online and and you know the information that you can get right now at the comfort of your chair and buying uh companies like Mm -hmm. ours take advantage of that it's been a boon Mm -hmm. for us it's been constant growth so it's it's really again that's Mm -hmm. been the upside of covid uh we had a fair amount of tailwinds associated with the big sales Mm -hmm. spike and things that people never bought online all of a sudden started to buy online Mm
1: -hmm. yeah you know and and it was it really was one of those things where it was it was you hate to say a perfect storm but it kind of was Um, you know, and, and it was something where, like you said, you know, we couldn't go out. We still needed those items. And then we discovered, Ooh, look at all these other things that I didn't think I needed. And now I think I need, um, you know, or, or it was things that we hadn't needed, but now being home, you had to have like the, everybody had to have an office chair. I mean, I remember that was one of the things that you, we had a very quick shortage of, you know, and, and, but Amazon also really has spoiled us that we want it. We want it now. Um, you know, and, and I'm in Atlanta where obviously they have big distribution centers. So there are quite a few things that I could get within four hours. I ordered something the other day. I had it in two hours. Um, you know, I couldn't go somewhere and buy what that was, but then of course, you know, everything during COVID kind of, you know, through all that. And, and, and we went, uh, what do you mean? I can't get it overnight. It's going to take two days. Oh, right. <laughs> you know. Um, but we did get, you know, it, so pre COVID we were spoiled but that's where companies like you and like how you treat your employees you know it was it's just second nature that you were able to to keep that you know keep that going
2: so amazon uh you make a great point amazon set the bar high
1: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, for expectations Mm -hmm. on fulfillment business Mm -hmm. and um it made companies like like amware Mm -hmm. uh look internally Mm -hmm. Um, get more efficient, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: uh, take the challenge of, you know, how do we get product? How do we get Mm -hmm. orders in our building and then get all those orders out by 3 Mm -hmm. p.m.? So training, staffing, um, but more importantly for e-tailers, the expectation is that I've got to get my product out in a hurry to people. Mm -hmm. So if you sell, if you're an e-tailer selling a commodity like Mm -hmm. product, Yes, you've got to make sure that your transit time is mm-hmm. short because customers have a lot of choice.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. A, if I can't e- get it tomorrow,
2: there's I'm gonna go e- to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Correct. There's other retailers. And that means that you might have to put your product in multiple warehouses, mm-hmm. right? At that point, you want to get very close to your end user. You might have to be in three or four different locations of mine around the country: mm-hmm. Chicago, Dallas, East Coast, West Coast, New Jersey, Atlanta, and, and you know, LA. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, so that when an order comes in, the delivery time is not going to be more than a day, maybe mm-hmm. two at most. Right. Uh, but if you're if you're selling a very very unique product. Mm-hmm with brand loyalty, mm-hmm. you can get away with a little right. bit longer mm-hmm. time because customers don't have the same mm-hmm. choice. So you don't have to necessarily be in four warehouses, maybe two, right? East coast, West coast right. mm-hmm. our customers are, you know, they're going to be willing to wait maybe an extra day if they had to wait for that, but you've built up brand loyalty, you've mm-hmm. built up uniqueness. Um, so that's a consideration as an e-tailer is how unique is your product? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, what will your customers be willing to wait for to have that? And, and you, that's how you make your decisions as an e-tailer, uh, where to be and how many locations you have to be in.
1: Right. So, you know, I, I, I want to again be walking people through this who might be thinking about doing this. So I'm assuming, so I have my product X, I ship it to you. And you start doing whatever. So, who's responsible, say, for keeping track of inventory? Do I have to keep track of that and then order more, or do you keep track and send me a note and say, "Hey Deb, you need to order more"? I mean, how well does that work?
2: Uh, both of us. Uh, we for sure need to keep track of inventory, right? Obviously, okay. mm-hmm. we, you know, it's 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 like money in the bank. You deposit a thousand dollars you go to the bank a week later, you expect to have a thousand dollars. You don't want to tell her to say, you know, Deb, we lost a dollar of yours. You only have 99. Yes. So we track inventory Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, incredibly accurate, uh, Mm -hmm. as treated as money as the money it is. Mm Uh, and we send our customers every night, uh, a listing of, you know, what was shipped out, obviously. And we synchronize inventories with our customers. Mm -hmm. So customers themselves, are also going to synchronize with us and balance. Yeah, that makes sense. We're both aligned. We both say I have 500 units. That's Mm -hmm. great. Um, Now, as far as reorder points go, we can set that with the customer Mm -hmm. that says, hey, when we reach a certain point, we'll send you a notice, Mm -hmm. time to reorder. Um, you can manage that. We can manage that. Okay. Uh, whatever works best for you. Many of our customers are sophisticated. Mm-hmm. They do that. And and many of them don't. Many of them right, rely like, on
1: nope, us. Nope, nope. Mm-hmm.
2: When I get to that minimum reorder point, please send me an email. Please have your customer service rep call uh, because we need to reorder that. So again, multiple ways to do that. Whatever works best for the customer.
1: Cool. I love that. You know, because I think that's one of the other things that people worry about is, you know, I've got my stuff. I've sent you my stuff, then I don't know what happens with my stuff. Um, and I only hear if something goes wrong with my stuff.
2: Um a big concern for 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 um customers uh or retailers who outsource is does Amware care as much about my business and my product right. as I do? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's and, and the answer to that is that's how we make our living.
1: Mm-hmm yeah because if you didn't you'd lose your customers and mm-hmm.
2: correct i mean our growth our happiness of our customers uh, depends on us doing the job the way it's meant to be mm-hmm. done and again part of our part part of our assimilation part of our onboarding of people mm-hmm. is the understanding that you serve two masters here you right. serve the customer mm-hmm. and you serve amware and those two never conflict mm-hmm. there's never a decision point that anybody in my organization has to make is it Amware or is it customer? Mm-hmm. Because it's always customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we partner with people, again, looking to grow, who have that understanding that, hey, you know, You got to do what you need to do. If we Mm -hmm. ask you to do something as a customer, it's not to make life harder for the people Mm -hmm. working there. It's because our customers are asking us for that and we need to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's all about a mindset. If you have the mindset that customers are there to be served and you're looking for ways to make them happy, Mm -hmm. um, that's what you do. It's kind of like when you sit in an airline seat, and you know that these flight attendants are at the end of a long day. Right. You ring that bell and you want a cup of coffee. It's mm-hmm. nice that they're still able to smile and get it done. Mm-hmm. That's the job. Right. Um, right. And so mm-hmm. it's no different for our people. Customers with late orders, changes. Can mm-hmm. we do this? To, you know, that's that's part of what we do. It's part of the service. Everything is done with a smile and everything is done with the understanding we're serving customers here. Mm-hmm. If they need it done, we're going to find a way to right. make that.
1: Well, and what I like is that you are truly part of the team with the, the, with your customer, you know, and, and so not the end user, the the customer. So you really are part of their team, you, you know, and, and so that's why you're able to, to provide such great services. You are, you are an extension of them.
2: We um we try to participate uh, to the extent they will allow us in strategy meetings, mm-hmm. right? We we want to hear where you're taking the company mm-hmm. so we can better prepare right. and understand what mm-hmm. it is you're Especially trying to do. Especially if they're
1: thinking of expanding and you know things like that.
2: We we want to have them in our building. We want mm-hmm. them to look at our operation. We want them to see what's involved in what mm-hmm. we do. Uh, so that they have a full understanding of what they're asking us to do, what our challenges are, maybe how they can help us. Maybe they can see something that we're not seeing uh, to make the process better, mm-hmm. smoother. Um, we ask always that our harshest critics uh, come in uh, to to meet our people, mm-hmm. uh, because there's always people that sit in a different environment, Mm -hmm. you know, customer service, for instance, Mm -hmm. uh, the phone will ring and it might be an unhappy customer. Hey, the warehouse Mm -hmm. made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I'm really upset. Uh, Sometimes it's easy for people to put the Mm -hmm. phone down and say, dang, you know, it's
1: your fault. That Mm -hmm. warehouse
2: doesn't really care. They made Mm -hmm. a mistake. So we we want them to come in and Mm -hmm. to meet the people and to develop a rapport and a relationship and see what they do, look in their eyes Mm -hmm. and really understand that the people who work for me Care just as much as they do about happy customers, right. and and so to your point, it is one team, it's mm-hmm. one goal. Again, we 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 don't give our people different goals than our mm-hmm. customer gives us. We mm-hmm. share our customer goals, and that becomes the goals of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, And as long as they understand the goals of the team, we're all gonna be okay. We'll never be at cross purposes. You know, through my entire career, I've heard everything I think that there is to be said about Mm -hmm. an outsourced environment. You don't care, you guys are incented differently. You make money even when you make a mistake. And we try to structure the whole agreement so that when our customers win, we win. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if our customers don't win, you know, we share in that as well. We are a true partner Mm -hmm. to our customers and when you can, when you can develop that kind of uh, Mm -hmm. a a rapport and that kind of uh, a working environment with your customers, you're going to have success.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I'm I'm one of these tech nerds. And so, you know, obviously, one of the big things that we're hearing about is automation and AI and and things like that. I have a, a cousin who works for a company in Kansas City. And they are, um, they they are doing their own fulfillment, but they're frozen foods, and they just built a new building. I mean, and it's this giant building, and it's almost all completely automated. She she's the HR person, and so she was talking about the challenges of, you know, she wasn't hiring floor workers; she was hiring people to run the machines, you know. And and to me, it's just fascinating because, you know, we we have to ha- we can't have machines without people. You know, there's still somebody that has to poke the buttons and and do all of those various things. But where do you see ai and 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 things like that coming in?
2: Um, so with a with a with a with a burgeoning economy that's growing faster than the labor market is mm-hmm. growing. Uh, you have to rely on automation and technology. Mm-hmm. There's no getting around it. We've just made major investments in robotics, mm-hmm. um, in in um, in what I would call low tech machines as well. Right? Everybody's got machines that shrink wrap pallets, right. mm-hmm. uh, That tape boxes shut, mm-hmm. that erect cartons. Mm-hmm. Those are not necessarily to displace people. I I, I think that is to augment people. So right, in our right. environment, mm-hmm. the robot, you know, in in a where as I said, people are our biggest investment. Mm-hmm. And, and 50% of your expense in a warehouse is travel, is employee travel to and from mm-hmm. locations, believe okay. it or not, 50%. Mm-hmm. So if you can keep employees in a, in a location, you mm-hmm. cut down on that travel time, which is a waste for everybody, mm-hmm. right? It's just dead time that they're walking in the warehouse. Robots take, robots, that's where they fill in. Mm-hmm. They bring, you know, containers to associates. They take mm-hmm. fill containers back to the packing mm-hmm. department. They fill that role. So we see... Um, a larger and larger um, move to automation, to robotics, mm-hmm. again to to supplement. Uh, the mm-hmm. workforce, not to necessarily displace the wor- workforce, mm-hmm. because to your point, someone still needs to be there to push buttons, program, make sure things go right, mm-hmm. do maintenance, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Customization is still going to be done by right. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and robotics will, will fill in for the non-skilled parts, if you will, mm-hmm. cart Erectors making boxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can make boxes. If you remember that commercial years ago, I forget which pizza company it was, the guy. Oh, who yeah. Made-
1: he folds right? the boxes. Oh, my God. Them. Mm-hmm. He, he,
2: so he he was an outlier. Everybody would like to have one. That guy is called a cart director, right? So we mm-hmm. buy those. And mm-hmm. that's what cart directors do mm-hmm. because you can't find people like him. Right. But you know, the cart director doesn't get sick. It doesn't call mm-hmm. off. It doesn't get tired of mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. it's doing. Uh, it doesn't get carpal tunnel. So mm-hmm. for unskilled, repetitive jobs, mm-hmm. It's a boon for associates to not actually have to Mm -hmm. do that. So that's, that's the future. Mm -hmm. As far as AI goes, um, you know, that probably would, might be more on the seller side of the business than on the fulfillment side of the business as you try to figure out buying patterns, right? What, what, what motivates customers Mm -hmm. to buy. Uh, but clearly uh robotics technology conveyance setting up conveyors within the warehouse to move boxes instead of having people move them mm-hmm. uh that's the future and that's the investments that Amware is currently right.
1: making yeah you know, and, and for the people that are you know dragging their feet and and scared over this I mean we've had this for many many years I mean you know let's let's talk Henry Ford you know when when he started automating that process it really did free up the people to be doing, as you said, the higher skilled things, you know. And 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 so they weren't, you know, they weren't picking up the part and putting it on the thing. They weren't picking it up. You know, it was done for them, and then they were able to do the more technical parts.
2: So even 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 jobs that you thought couldn't uh, couldn't um, be supported with technology. Um, so we've purchased our first set of drones for inside the warehouse. And not, you know what? It's not to retrieve product. I think Mm -hmm. that that will uh, that will come too. Mm -hmm. We're using drones for things like counting inventory, looking for locations in the warehouse, right? We we used to, or today Mm -hmm. we'll send someone out on a piece of equipment and he might have to go up 30, 40 Mm -hmm. feet and he might have to it might not be
1: safe. Mm -hmm. Might
2: not be safe, Mm -hmm. but think about the time it takes. Mm -hmm. Drones can do that, and not only can they do that, they can do that off hours in a facility. They can do it during slow periods, Mm -hmm. and so all you need Need is a drone operator mm-hmm. instead of four people in a facility that do nothing but but count count inventory. So that's you know that's really the state that that it's migrating to and I look again it's all about efficiency mm-hmm. uh those people that are afraid of it I understand it they're not mm-hmm. small investments and right. and you need a you need a good knowledge base mm-hmm. uh, to support it. So individual entrepreneurs right mm-hmm. running their own warehouse mm-hmm. might struggle with that might mm-hmm. might be reticent to invest in it mm-hmm. and I don't blame them mm-hmm got on average 10, 12 customers in each of my warehouse. So it's mm-hmm. easy for me to spread that cost. Each customer right. pays for one twelfth of it. Mm-hmm. So nobody gets overburdened with technology and mm-hmm. I'm, a, you know, I can afford to buy it. Mm-hmm. If you think about the old buying cooperatives mm-hmm. that took place in the fifties and sixties, where small entrepreneurs got together to look right. at one. It's the
1: same thing. You're sharing costs. Mm-hmm. We're
2: sharing technology now. So we're getting a lot of our customers who never dreamed mm-hmm. they could access this kind of technology. Right. They're now not not only accessing it, but they're, they're, they're reaping the benefit mm-hmm. of the efficiency so that, you know, logistics cost doesn't become mm-hmm. overly burdensome to them and their customers. Mm-hmm. It keeps them very competitive.
1: Right. You know, and, and sharing costs is obviously a way to help reduce costs, but what are some other ways that people, you know, because I'm sure part of it, you know, the, the person who's thinking, okay, am I ready for this? They're thinking, Oh God, it still sounds expensive. So, you know, what are other ways that that using you know the the third party um, fulfillment centers? How are they how are they reducing costs?
2: So um, if you th- let let's start with the entrepreneur who's doing it himself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's got a fixed cost. It's the building. Mm-hmm. Is the building big enough? Is it too big? Is he paying for space in that building thinking he's going to grow into it? But until you grow into it, you're it's paying the empty rent.
1: space. Mm-hmm. It's the empty
2: space, and that's a big burden. Mm-hmm. People. You know, how do you handle spikes in, in your business? Do you over hire people? Mm-hmm. So um, do you buy your own warehouse management system? You know, mm-hmm. many, many small companies work off of Excel and manage things mm-hmm. really with, with kind of ad hoc programs, mm-hmm. if you will. And it works okay when you're small, mm-hmm. as you start to get big, as you start to add SKUs, as you start to add complexity, mm-hmm. you've got to make investments. So, you know how big an investment, how big a building, how much equipment do you buy? Mm-hmm. Do you buy it for peak? Can you rent it when you, you mm-hmm. know, all those decisions, and that becomes a fixed cost right. once a, once a customer mm-hmm. decides that. In my environment, it's all variable cost. Mm-hmm. You pay for what you use. You mm-hmm. have you have a, a big month, and you have a big sales month. Mm-hmm. Your expenses will match that. They will flow with Mm -hmm. your revenues, which is what every entrepreneur Mm -hmm. wants. The last thing you want is, geez, I've got a slow month, Mm -hmm. but my rent is still up here. My equipment Mm -hmm. expense is still up here. My Mm -hmm. payment to the software company. When you outsource, uh, you're paying in a variable environment. You might pay a little bit more, um, at least what you think you are, but I think when most entrepreneurs... Uh, add up all the costs that's involved in managing the mm-hmm. back end and the people you have to hire and, and 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 HR and the laws you have to comply with and legal that you have to invest in outsourcing becomes very very favorable um in fact probably less costing if you're honest about the way you allocate costs mm-hmm. you'll find that outsourcing is not only more efficient and mm-hmm. effective and cheaper it matches your revenue stream perfectly right. well so that you don't have a tough month.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking about seasonal type of, of goods, you know, where, where they, they could easily have wild fluctuations. Um, you know, say you're, you're doing, you know, Christmas stuff and you're starting now to really hire up and people, you know, and you're telling people, Hey, you know, you're only going to work through January. Yeah. Some people are going to like that. Some people aren't. Um, but but yeah, I mean, just the, and, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, all me, you Something like COVID hits, and you've got all of these people. You know, it's just it's you know outsourcing in in so many ways makes sense. I mean, clearly at some point you might get bigger than that, and that's great. <laughs> you know, we're, we're but but yeah, to to be able to to have a trusted partner is is something that I think so many people are they're afraid of, but they know they need it.
2: So you you know you make some great points about seasonality mm-hmm. again do you run out of space and season because you're mm-hmm. stocked up and what do you do now you're an overflow multiple buildings you've got to find you know you've got to have a real estate group that goes mm-hmm. out and finds your buildings right. that manages it can you get space short term mm-hmm. when everybody is looking for it right, right? see mm-hmm. you're not the only one with a seasonal kind right. of yeah. bump yeah. there's right? a lot so
1: of office space right now but there's not a lot of industrial space
2: not a lot of warehouse space not a lot of warehouse employees you can find to your point I'm going to be out of a job when the season is over. So, mm-hmm. how hard am I going to work? How right. much am I going to care? Mm-hmm. You're right. The, um, people who who insource that have to deal with mm-hmm. all of that. We know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. We know how to onboard labor quickly. Right. Uh, most of our people, we can move from account to account. Mm-hmm. Not everybody hits the season mm-hmm. at the same time. So, for us, mm-hmm. moving labor within a building is a huge, huge advantage. Right. Uh, and, and yes, do you you know do you want to deal with that headache of people? And space and equipment if you can get it, mm-hmm. when you're trying to sell as much as you can in a seasonal environment that could be as much as sixty or seventy percent of your annual mm-hmm. sales happens in the span of six weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and of course the 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 benefit to an organization like yours is is as you said, you know, you can move people around and balance stuff out. So, you know, you might have a big chunk that does summer things. And then a big chunk that does winter things, and so you know it's it's easy just to kind of cross those people back and forth.
2: As as we look for partners mm-hmm. uh, for for customers, mm-hmm. we try to find complementary customers. Right. Yeah. Right. So somebody we, who
1: sells, say, garden equipment with somebody who sells holiday equipment.
2: Correct. I mean, could, I mean, even for us, the task of having a whole warehouse where everybody in that warehouse has a seasonal blip the same mm-hmm. time. You're going to go 4X and you're going to go 4X on your space. You're going to go 4X on your people. You're going to go 4X on equipment. For us, we have resources that could do it, Mm -hmm. but even we don't want that challenge. Even we, again, look to balance Mm -hmm. it out and bring customers together so we can keep one workforce right in the summertime. They're working, to your point, they're working summer items. And then in the winter or seasonal time, they're working Christmas side, holiday items. Um, Makes a lot of sense. And we have, because we have a broader view, we can get that done.
1: Right so what are some of the big mistakes that you see people make
2: um oh boy overbuilding right Mm um you know um we dealt with an energy drink company that made aggressive assumptions Mm -hmm. uh, about demand for its product and sunk millions of investors dollars into Mm -hmm. building you know fulfillment operations to handle future volume unfortunately sales were well below forecast and and the company wound up folding uh, Mm -hmm. under its debt and then you could underbuild, um, you know, a, a clothing marketer started in, in an owner's basement when the product began to gain traction, mm-hmm. uh, thanks to some very, very good public relations. Mm-hmm. You know, the company was slow to react and, and ordered to delivery time went from three days to mm-hmm. 16 days, Ooh. right? Customers mm-hmm. should that. That's when social media lights up.
1: Oh, yes. I ordered and- this and didn't have it in time for my party. And Mm -hmm. that's what
2: keeps and that's what keeps everybody up at night. And then, you know, the other mistake is, you know, you can build for average, Uh, you know, a jewelry company uh, had a smooth fulfillment operation, but failed to anticipate a 35 percent spike in orders just prior to the holidays. Mm -hmm. You know, with no contingency plan in place, um, orders were delivered after the holidays (laughs) Which um, comes with an apology note. It yeah, usually, you get
1: an empty box. It's not nearly as fun. <laughs>
2: well, you may you may get a gift certificate in for your next purchase if you're daring enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But right, you know that disappoints customers and that's going to slow a company's growth. So, mm-hmm. so those are the biggest mistakes that comp- brands make when it when it comes to planning fulfillment operations. Mm-hmm. Overbuilding, underbuilding, building for average. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to hit that spot.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And, and of course there are outside influences. I mean, you know, nobody five years ago predicted COVID. You know, I think one of my favorite memes that, that went around right at the start of, of COVID was who had this on their thing? What's going to, where are you going to be in five years? (laughs) Um, and so nobody saw that. And then when you add in the fact that, you know, all the, 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 the shipping difficulties that people had both internationally and, um, you know, because like now we're seeing the glut of all these products that were ordered and didn't get in, didn't get in. And now, oops, here they are. Um, and then the labor shortages, the, the gas prices. I mean, you know, if you're relying on semis to be moving your stuff around and they can't afford to, to, to be doing that, I mean, it's, it's pretty tricky. And so that's where, you know, if you're doing it yourself, you know it's it's like throwing something at a dartboard
2: if if you if you scale for the long term mm-hmm. um the best approach you could take is a modular approach right, right? like legos right mm-hmm. you, you you build your lego and then you can mm-hmm. go out and buy some more legos and mm-hmm. you can add on to that if you can somehow have access to space that you can add as you need mm-hmm. it's very very rare mm-hmm. uh, but if you can do something like that and build your business in a modular approach way uh that would be one way to do it but the, mm-hmm. the the best way to do it is to really outsource to a 3PL mm-hmm. that can grow with you they mm-hmm. they have the resources they have the relationships with hey. realtors material handling mm-hmm. equipment companies um, staffing agencies, uh, recruiting, internal recruiting—that they have all the tools that helps your business grow. And all you really need to be concerned about at that point is marketing, mm-hmm. making sure that you can source your product properly, mm-hmm. get it overseas. Here, you now the other thing that the pandemic did was um, really, really uh, strain the uh, the supply chain.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. La-
2: last, so we have a Christmas. Uh, we have a Christmas uh, distributor. Uh, Mm -hmm. And obviously, everything happens Christmas time. Mm -hmm. They start to go through their product build around the the Mm May-June timeframe where product starts to come in. And for this particular um, um, Christmas company, uh, tree company, Mm -hmm. we handle about 350 containers a year from overseas. Mm -hmm. Well, last Christmas, if you remember, everybody got caught in a supply crunch, Mm -hmm. no capacity on the steamship Mm -hmm. lines. So, uh, what started out happening in May and June, we didn't get our first uh, container in till um September. Ooh. And and so, you know, the question for all of us including my customer was, mm-hmm. are you going to be able to push through the product? Mm-hmm. The same amount of product in that really condensed Mm -hmm. uh, window. Now Mm -hmm. Uh, we worked together. I I would tell you that it was a Herculean effort, but Mm -hmm. we we handled the same number of containers in in about a third of the time. Uh, No one would want to go through that again. No, Uh,
1: because I'm guessing you had to really staff up.
2: (laughs) uh, We we had to staff up. We had to work hours. We had to coordinate with the delivery people. I mean, it became literally a manufacturing line Mm -hmm. from steamship. To outbound, mm-hmm. uh, right. got it done. Uh, not, not obviously the most efficient or way you want to do it. A lot of sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, but we made a lot of people happy with their Christmas trees, with their mm-hmm. artificial Christmas trees and accessories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, everybody got smart as a result of that. So, you know. Uh, my customers started to build up inventory, Mm -hmm. right? The first thing they did was approach me is, hey, we want to have a lot more safety stock this year. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if China or Asia is going to close down Mm -hmm. because of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they got smarter about it. And this year, earlier, a little bit more, a little bit bigger of a buffer. And by the way, I do want to say one thing about the pandemic, we did not close a single operation throughout COVID.
1: right and i'm guessing that you were considered a critical function and so you didn't have to
2: well we didn't have to but right if employees don't come to work if employees get sick at home i mean we we went through cleaning protocols in the Mm -hmm. facility where we had 24-hour people all they did was wipe sanitize constantly uh walking around uh, we, you know, we did all the scanning when people came in, the temperature readings, if anybody mm-hmm. had a temp, you know, we went through the same protocol of questions. Yeah. Have you been sneezing, mm-hmm. coughing, uh, and knock on wood, we kept our operations humming nice. people going, and we kept our employees safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we're proud of that, proud of our record. But again, we have the resources, we have the access. And for us to focus on that makes mm-hmm. sense. If you're selling product that you've got to focus on that mm-hmm. at the same time, um, that's a big job. Right. That's a big task. Right.
1: You know, it's funny because I just was watching um, a couple of days ago on the news, a story about how Amazon, oh, actually it was talking about how companies are unionizing and, you know, and, and there's one Amazon that did. And, and one of their big things was that during COVID, they did not feel safe. You know, they, they felt like they were being forced to work when it wasn't safe, all of these various things. And, and you know, and, and people might be, well, at least you had a job, you know, it's, Yes, at least they had a job, but you you do want to feel safe. You want to feel valued, all of those various things. And whether you're somebody the size of Amazon or, or not, you need to do those things for your employees.
2: Everybody wants to feel respected. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to feel at the end of the day, they matter. They make mm-hmm. a difference. It's not just I hit the clock in. tell me what you want me to do for eight hours. Right. People want a sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. that when they go home, they did something, mm-hmm. they they you know, and they feel satisfied professionally mm-hmm. uh, uh, as well. I, mm-hmm. I was I was a union member early in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a shop steward for a number mm-hmm. of years. The one thing I would say is companies get the union they deserve. Right. Uh, uh-huh. if you, right? If you treat your employees not not as chattel, uh-huh. uh you know, not as tools, but if you treat them as human uh-huh. beings and understand their motivations uh-huh. and work towards that, you'll never have a union because right. people uh-huh. people like that one-on-one, people are competitive, uh-huh. people feel, hey, if I work harder, uh-huh. I want to make more money. I don't want to look across a, uh-huh. at Harry next to me and you know, he's sleeping half the day and he's making just as much money uh-huh. as I'm making. Right. Um, but sometimes people feel that that's their only recourse because mm-hmm. management's not listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they don't respect us. As you mm-hmm. mentioned, that that facility that got unionized, I believe it was in Staten Island, New mm-hmm. York, uh, for Amazon was the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Starbucks now where people mm-hmm. are kind of making right. noise about it. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, foc- That's a great point. Focusing mm-hmm. on employees mm-hmm. is a full time endeavor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if I'm selling product, I don't want to take my eye off my customer. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything. To distract mm-hmm. me from understanding my customer, their buying habits, what makes them happy, uh, and what they're seeing, I, I don't want to be distracted. And third-party providers allow you—good ones—allow you to do that.
1: Right? Yeah, because you know that that they're treating their employees well, so that's something you, that you're not having to worry about. Yes.
2: We have an open door policy, Mm -hmm. uh, but more than just keeping the door open and waiting for people to come in. As I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. we have roundtables, we have lunches, we have employee of the month meeting, we celebrate birthdays, we have that morning meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to get very, very close to our Mm -hmm. people and, again, make sure they feel we respect them Mm -hmm. and that they're resourced properly to do a professional job. We don't want to rob them of the dignity of doing Mm -hmm. a good job.
1: Right. Yeah because you know in in some ways it's repetitive it's it's things like that and 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 you still want them to to know you know what you do is important.
2: Their their scenery doesn't change every day. Mm-hmm. It looks the same. It is right. it, it is one tough job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take my hat off to them. It's a difficult job to do day in and day out. Mm-hmm. That's why we let them, you know, a music in the warehouse. We'll try to make that work environment um as much fun and comfortable mm-hmm. as possible so that mm-hmm. they can do a good job and again don't don't dread walking into that building every day and say, "Oh my God, here's another eight hours right. in the
1: salt mines." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always remember, and, and you're you're finally of the generation. I tell this to my younger younger guests, and they don't understand the the commercial. I think it was for Dunkin' Donuts, and this was back in probably the '70s. And the little guy, you know, you can see his clock. It's two a.m. He's getting out of bed. Gotta make the donuts. Gotta make the donuts. And, you know, and, and same thing. I mean, you know, if you, if, now that's, we're not going to love everything we do all the time, but there are certainly steps that can be taken to make sure that it's, it's, you know, you're doing the best that you can.
2: You know, um, adversity reveals character. It doesn't build it. Right. And, you know, one of the things you want to, you you, you want to sensitize everybody to is that there are going to be some tough days. You mm-hmm. know, there are going to be days where some people called right. out, mm-hmm. maybe vacations. Mm-hmm. We didn't get all the people showing up from the staffing agency. And you're going to get days where you're going mm-hmm. to be challenged. Mm-hmm. And what you really want is associates who understand that's the exception.
0: Mm-hmm. It's right. not an
2: everyday occurrence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when those days happen, we're all in the boat together. Mm-hmm. We're all going to row. We're going to do what mm-hmm. we have to do to get through this. We understand it. And we understand that the people who are responsible or are in charge of this mm-hmm. have done everything they possibly could to mitigate right. our pain mm-hmm. uh, and our having to stay mm-hmm. longer because we have kids we need to get to. We mm-hmm. have families we need to get back to. We have dinner we need to make, whatever it may be. And and again, that's about one team, one unit, mm-hmm. one understanding, keeping mm-hmm. your associates informed. And again, having them believe that that they're working in a place that cares for them.
1: Right. You know, it's funny. My background is in employee communications and, you know, it really is. That's that's absolutely critical because if you don't tell them, we don't like a vacuum. Right. And so then they make it up and most of the time they're not making it up correctly. So, you know, even if it's not good news, tell them, right. you know, because what they're going to come up with in their own mind is usually worse. Um, you know, and, and so having those open lines of communication is, is just absolutely critical.
2: Um, I try to get my employees comfortable. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm the CEO of the company. I don't want anybody to fear me, uh, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like they are. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so when I have a stand up meeting, I encourage my employees to ask any question. Mm-hmm. Anything they can ask me any question they want. It doesn't mean I will answer it. And, mm-hmm. and and those are the boundaries that you know someone might ask me, you know, what's your income and what's your salary? Um mm-hmm. uh, I, I I might I might let them know that. Um, but I, I don't want anything to be off bounds because I want to hear what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. And to your point, if we don't give them the information that 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 they need, Mm -hmm. they'll fill it in Mm -hmm. and it's generally not good when they fill it in Um, and you you don't want people doing that. You want to keep Mm -hmm. them in. And listen, this is the company they work for. They should take an interest in it. They should feel comfortable Mm -hmm. that we're taking the business in the right direction, Mm -hmm. that it's growing, that they will benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. You make a great point with that. Uh, You cannot over communicate to employees. You can Mm -hmm. really under communicate Mm -hmm. and you're going to have a problem when you do, but you can never over communicate. Mm -hmm. And they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that you right. took the time and trouble mm-hmm. to come down and have the conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh, Harry. This has been so much fun. And we are almost at the top of the hour. Um, I want people to know more about the the services that you provide, which, you know, I know that they're long and detailed, um, but you know, what are some of the, the services? We've been talking about it, but then how do they connect with you if they, you know, if they are truly saying, hey, we're ready for this next step.
2: So the website is uh, www.amwarefulfillment.com. Mm-hmm. Amware, A-M-W-A-R-E. Mm-hmm. The website is full of case studies, mm-hmm. information. I mean, it's just a great website to peruse. It will, it will spur a thought process for many of your listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can just, you know, there's a way to access us through the website. We'll get back and we'll work with them, you know, even on a consultative basis that we can help them point them in the right direction of where they need to go. Um, There's no obligation. There's no charge for doing that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're we're in this for the long term. We're trying to make as many relationships as we can and, you know, hope people always speak uh, well of us and recommend us.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, you know, and, and I was looking at your website, great information. And as you said, the case studies, I think, are always some of the best things because people can usually find something similar to what they do. And then they can say, oh, this is how it works, um, especially if this is a first-time thing that that they're wanting to do.
2: N- number one question my customers, my prospects ask me mm-hmm. is, who else do you do it for like me? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not interested that you have, you know, uh, boxes and move Mm -hmm. boxes in and out. Mm -hmm. They want to know who like me, you know, what cosmetics companies do you Mm -hmm. do? What health and beauty company? What do you do for them? Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to know that. And um, my best references are my customers. Mm -hmm. They uh, I don't want my salespeople to feel bad, but my 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 customers sell more. uh, Mm -hmm. We get more references and more business through references. Uh, than we do really any other way, wow. believe it or not. Yes, I
1: love that. I love that. So important. Well, if somebody wants to reach out to you personally, how do they reach you?
2: Uh, that would be uh, harry.dreepusch, D-R-A-J-P-U-C-H, at amwarelogistics.com. That's how they can uh, best reach me.
1: Easy peasy. I love it. Well, this has been, like I said, such an interesting conversation because I knew nothing about this. Um, and so I've I've had a great time. Uh, tell us do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with everyone
2: um I it's a it's a great environment out there uh from a fulfillment perspective um I, I would tell companies that the barrier to growth would be the four walls is is not selling the product that's getting it out the door so I would encourage them to start to take a look at third-party providers there are many many good ones like Amware out there that can really help them grow and really let them focus on their core, uh, their their core mission, which is to grow and market and sell a product uh, and let one of the third parties help them uh, on their growth path. that that would be my you know I've been in the third party business a long long time and the one example I would leave you with is um, if I go out to a restaurant and I'm not happy with the meal, they're gonna hear about it. Mm-hmm. If my wife makes me a meal that I didn't think was great, it's still great. She's not going to hear a peep out. And that's <laughs> wise
1: man. Mm-hmm. That's the
2: difference between insourcing and outsourcing. Mm-hmm. When you outsource, you can demand that that the your your partner uh live up to what their commitments are. I love insourcing, it. Insourcing people forgive themselves and make mm-hmm. excuses of failure.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just
2: human nature.
1: Yep. I love it. Well, this has been an absolutely fascinating conversation with Harry Draypush of Amware Fulfillment. I'm Deb Creer.